Clustered conversations. Clustered conversations. Hey, welcome to Clustered Conversations. I'm Bob. And I'm Josh. And today we've got a great episode for you. Our, our very special guest today, David Chapa. Welcome, welcome. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you guys awesome. doing? I'm doing awesome. good. Doing good. Yeah. It's like a beautiful day outside. It's not super hot anymore. It's nice. No, no longer melting. It's wonderful. Josh and I spent the day trying to come up with crazy ideas how to build clusters on systems. Uh, so it was a, it's been fun. People give us ragtag hardware and say, hey, build a cluster. And we go, all right, we'll figure right. it out. <laughs> so, okay, yeah, it'll work and it'll be uh, strangely fast. You'll be surprised. It's always fun. It's always fun what we come up with. So David, tell us about yourself. What? Uh, who, who, is, who is David Chapa? Who is David Chapa? Well, um, Bob may not like this, but like Bob, I've been around this industry for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I think it's, I say this and I actually did the math. It's, it's a little bit more, but it's around 30 years, uh, that I've been, you know, playing around this industry. Um, my focus and my, my job history, if you look at what I've done, has been around data protection, data security, um, and data storage. Uh, if you kind of double click inside of all those things, it really gets down into, um, Disaster recovery, business continuity, looking at solutions for customers that's going to allow them to get their jobs done uh, without having as much downtime as you know as they as they used to have in the past. So um, that's that's what I've that's what I've done over the years. I've worked for a variety of companies from the old uh, ADIC days. I mean, I go back to I even go back to Cheyenne Software, which was the very oh. first manufacturer that I worked for. Uh, gosh, I think that was the '90s, uh, maybe mid '90s. Um, wow. But stayed in that in that vein, you know, across the uh, uh, across that that chasm, uh, went from Cheyenne to Open Vision, uh, and then from Open Vision, I went into uh, you know other manufacturers. I ended up working for ADIC, like I said, NetApp. I was an analyst, industry analyst for a, a, a number of years, um, and uh, and then I ended up here at at Weka. Nice. So quite the, quite the background from, you know, from software to companies, to hardware companies, to industry analyzing and what, what brought you to Weka? Why, why choose Weka as your next, uh, as next step? Well, so I was, I was running my own company for a number of years called the CTE group, and it was a boutique uh, analyst firm, uh, uh, and consulting firms. So I focused on, you know, doing what your traditional analysts do, but also working with end user customers and helping them go through their RFIs, RFPs, and and write these things out, provide recommendations, etc. Um, we all know the year uh, 2020 happened, and you know we all understand if we're in sales, we understand what a funnel is, and all of a sudden the funnel that I had, the opportunity I had, was starting to shrink. Because like Domino's, um, every single opportunity I had in the funnel started to go away because everyone was tightening their belt. There was a lot of fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And so I had to make uh, a decision. Either I you know, close up shop, grab my guitar, go on the road, and play at every place that would let me play, or jump back I mean, into technology. <laughs> and, that sounds like a good idea, though. I mean, well, I you know, know. And, I did, and I did that for a while, too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I, I decided to get back into uh, the industry. I actually was working uh, a, a very long contract for a very big, uh, very company. I won't mention them right now. Um, and, you know, they were, they were 
doing some really unique things in the in the um, SSD world and the persistent memory world. And I was really attracted to this. And I saw huge disruption and opportunity. And uh, that's why I wanted to get into a company that was going to be, you know, targeting that space, almost religiously targeting that space. And so um, uh, I got back into the, the market and uh, landed at one company, uh, the previous company, uh, where I was global head of competitive intelligence. So part of that job was to research all of these main competitors. And one of them was, of course, Weka. And, you know, the uh, funny thing, and Bob and I have had these conversations before, but the funny thing is when people would come to me and say, how do we compete against Weka? I'm like, well, here's the deal. If you're in a deal where Weka's uh, selling, you might be in the wrong deal (laughs) because (laughs) um, it's really hard for you to compete against a company like that who, who has these IOPS that go through the ceiling and we have IOPS that, you know, basically hold up a table. So, um, if you're in that same deal, you probably need to reconsider whether you need to be there or not. And so when I had the opportunity to join Weka, and I, I worked for, uh, for Colin Gallagher, he and I talked, uh, I think I started talking with him around March, February, March of this year. And uh, great conversations, almost to the point where I forgot that I was actually interviewing for a job. I just really enjoyed having conversations with him. Those and, are the best interviews, though. You know, really, it really was, right? Um, and so... When it came time for me to join the company, I got super excited. And I, I thought I knew a lot about Weka when I joined. And then I came in the doors, through those purple doors, and started to go through a lot of the content and a lot of the training. And I'm like, wow, the Weka I thought I knew is not the Weka that is. And so all of a sudden, I'm like, I, I, I was right in saying don't compete with Weka, but I was totally wrong in, in what Weka really was capable of doing. And that's why I'm super excited. I mean, if you follow me on LinkedIn, you see all these excited posts. I mean, there's this is not the marketing behind it. This is this is the enthusiasm that's coming out of Chapa about a company that's really delivering on the things that they say they can do. And that is a unicorn as far as I'm concerned. Was, that's kind of how Josh and I both felt when we first came here because we're like, yeah, it's a cool thing. We think you can do some cool stuff when you come here. Holy crap, it really does more than what oh, I yeah. even expected it to do. Oh, so, yeah. Well, right. the, thing, the thing that got me is the small footprint. So to be be able to deliver not only performance, but the high IOPS in a small footprint was was mind-blowing to me. Because you know, you think about, okay, I'm going to deliver high IOPS. That means I got to have a, a breadth of, of, of compute. I've got to do a bunch of things. I got to have a bunch of, of, uh, um, SSDs. I've got to do, you know, ungodly things to get to the, the high IOPS. And with, with Weka, it's, it's there by design, yeah. by the way that Weka operates. And that's, that to me was, you know, um, it talked about, you know, disruptive technology. I was talking about that other company. That to me is really disruptive. Be able to do what you can do with things that customers can buy. Uh, that's basically industry available, industry standard um, hardware. That's that's impressive. Yeah, I was uh, one of my customers we were working with and it was an IOPS play. And they gave me, I had an eight node cluster, which is normal for us to, to set up. And they gave me uh, a network connection to their network of 200 gig ports. Uh, sorry, 100 gig port. And uh, they want to run 4K IOPS. 
And so I ran 4K IOPS to the point where I got to 2.5 million, which filled up a 100 gig port. And if you looked at the cluster, the cluster was like at 40% utilization. So had they give me another port, I would still have had room to, to keep adding more clients. So that kind of blew them away because that was more IOPS than they've gotten off uh, their their file server cluster they have today. They have you know dozens of them and adding them all together, they can't get to 2.5 million IOPS. So yeah, yeah you're absolutely right. It's, it's, it's things like that. That's just, it's crazy. And you know, I, I heard those things before I joined Weka, but you know, me, like everybody else that hears those things, like, yeah, right. I don't believe that. Yeah. yeah. Hero number, marketing, something or another. <laughs> hero numbers. Exactly. Exact exactly price. what I heard yeah. verbatim. Yeah. Oh, those are, those are hero numbers. No, yeah. So customers that are listening, hey, this is not, these are not hero numbers. This is actual stuff that happens. And I, I, I think it's safe to say, challenge us. See, see if, see if we're, we're not telling the truth because holy cow, it is, it's, it's impressive. <laughs> That's all I can say. Yeah. Bob, have yeah. we ever actually released like a, a really specific, like an actual, like proper actual hero number, like all the benchmarking I've ever done that's ever ended up being communicated was me essentially just running FIO. Yeah. And like, hey, so this we, is the number I hit. Or IO 500 on something someone yeah. gave us, right? It's, it's, we get random things and we build, like we have a, a A100 in our lab, right? And it's connected to 20 uh, big twins. And that one is the one that we use whenever we want to see 165 gigabytes a second to an A100 or 2.5 million. Again, 2.5 million IOPS to a single A100 because we only uh, give it 12 cores. But th that's just, you know, we can do that any day in our lab. <laughs> that's what's fun about it, right? It's not like yeah. a try hard. It's just a command line. Uh, and then at my customers, we show them all the hero numbers. But what's really the hero that gives them is I have a customer doing um, color correction and rendering. And they're doing it at four or five gigabytes a second from a Windows client. Right. So that's a Windows client going through SMB down to our cluster cluster. And that just blows them away. And that's more than they can do with anybody else. I think that's that's the key, right? So we can we can go and, and test out at all these various labs and 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 make a make a spreadsheet, um, you know, and be in the top the you know, top five, top three. But really what what the hero number is is the is the customer. The customer's a hero, the one that's able to deliver, get to those business outcomes more more quickly than they were before, that's all that really matters mm -hmm. uh, to a customer, right? Oh, yeah. Josh and I talk about customers that we have and what they're running. So I talk about, hey, this customer's doing this with this color rendering. I talk about this customer's doing this with uh, AI ML. They're doing you know, 300 gigabytes a second every day, all day, 24 all hours time. a day. Nonstop. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's their, And they keep adding to that cluster. And then I have another one that's been running, uh, um, was it educational and uh, research compute against our cluster for two years now or three years now and 24 hours a day, seven days a week, two continents. And they're just happy as hell. And they got 120 uh, DGX twos connected to it and just go at it all day long. So it's, it's fun. It's, it's really fun yeah. to see the, the pudding. <laughs> And it's and it's interesting to see the uh, you know if you really get down to brass tacks, uh, it's interesting to see from a competitive standpoint, um, the the market the field out there what they have to bring to a to a POC to actually deliver on those numbers, and, right. and I think that's the thing that that doesn't really get talked about a lot. You know, I, I talked about us having a, a relatively small footprint, but for for those competitors, and I'm thinking of a couple of them right now, um, to really get to that, even not get to, but get close to us, 
they have to bring in a ton of, of hardware. Yeah. And, you know, and they might have a green story that they're talking about, but when you got to bring in three times as much hardware to even get close to what we can deliver, your green story goes out the door, right? Right. Yeah. And yeah, the, fun part of the, the biggest, fastest clusters I've built have been for converged testing and workloads. So not even dedicated hardware, but the, oh, the awesome. system that's running Wake is also a system that's running your apps. Wow. Yeah. So wow. He, he, Josh has done some fun stuff. I mean, he's uh, he's kind of like, uh, as much as I get to tinker, Josh gets to tinker with some cool stuff as well. So we we get we, we see the, the neatest configurations. We see the craziest configurations and, and try to build it. Um, actually, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions. So Looking, at, we're just kind of talking about the market in general and some of the competition out there. But even if we don't discuss that, it's uh, you know, how do you see the market? I mean, where does Weka fit as far as the world's concerned versus where don't we fit, or you know, maybe what is the best way yeah. and the easiest uh, fit? Well, I think the way the way I see the market right now, obviously, cloud is is gaining adoption. I think Bob, you and I were at the same company back in two thousand eight when we started to educate the market on what cloud was, right? So. Right. Um, Platform as a service, software as a service, infrastructure as a service, really educating the market on what, what that looks like. You know, and to be quite candid with you, I, I really believe the adoption of cloud took a lot longer than I think all of us <laughs> thought it would take. Now, the I hate to say this, but there may be a, 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 you know, a silver lining in, in 2020 uh, in that we had to learn. So everyone was on this digital transformation journey. When 2020 hit and the world shut down, that journey turned to a sprint overnight. And we had to figure out how to make this work and how to make this happen. And and I think what organizations realize is, number one, we can we can leverage the cloud for certain workloads and workflows that we're that we're doing. We can potentially uh, reduce our, our carbon footprint in our data centers across the the globe and really take advantage of, of the the artifacts of cloud and what it offers us. I think the other thing that we learned is that there's a lot more opportunity for us between on-premises and the cloud and that hybrid model. So when I when I look at the market today, what I'm seeing customers um, really getting their arms around is, okay, well, what's what workload, what application, whatever you want to call it, is going to be best suited for on-premises? Where before the question was, which workload or application can we put to the cloud? So it's yeah. been flipped around, right? So... You know, do we have a homegrown application that can't go to the cloud? Give me a good reason why we can't do it. Okay, we'll we'll have it here. So where I, where I the best thing about Weka number one is, and I always thought that Weka was first designed for hardware solutions. So I was I was always of the mindset that Weka was bound by a proprietary hardware, you know, configuration architecture, etc. I was terribly wrong. Weka was designed with cloud in mind. Weka was designed so that was not going to be tied down to a hardware platform. It was going to be, you know, as close to being ubiquitous as possible. Um, and so that's that's the best thing that I see about Weka is that that flexibility for a customer to move from on-premises to a cloud and and get that that same kind of feature function uh, experience. Where Weka, where Weka fits, I see Weka fitting really well as in those those really demand, I call them demanding um, operations. Um, we're calling them internally next generation workloads. 
whatever the customer is faced with that they can't get done with your traditional older style file system storage, uh, that's where they st- should start looking at at Weka. You know, we talked about the high IOPS. We talked about all those things that you can get done with Weka. Um, that's what they should be looking at. So, um, I'll give you a, a, a visual. I know this is this is a podcast. People can't really see me, kind of using my hands. But I can see you using your hands. You can see me, but <laughs> I I look at Weka as look. We, you got those mountaintop, uh, those mountaintop experiences that you've got that you've got to take care of. And what you're using today, which you've used in the past, have been okay. They've worked, but they've been brittle. Because as you scaled up and as you added more and more and more, these mountaintop solutions started to really crumble. And and Weka is not one of those solutions. Weka can actually scale across multiple mountaintops and deliver on, on those expectations from the customers. That is the good news. That's where Weka really shines. And now the other part that I see where Weka shines is as you go down that mountain, so you got these high-performance compute, uh, AI or artificial intelligence, machine machine learning workloads at the mountaintop. And as you come down, you've got you know, maybe some, some fintech stuff. You've got some um, you know imaging, medical imaging, and then you've got general IT file. All of a sudden, as the customers are, are solving their mountaintop experiences with Weka, they start to realize like you were saying, Josh, hey, there's a lot more power here. I mean, I can push this accelerator down even more. Let's go down a little further. Let's let's get some of those mid-tier ones. What about general general file IT? Let's get down. Can we reduce the number of silos we have in our environment and just use Weka's simplicity, scale, and performance solution that we have? That's yeah. that's what I think is is a it's a triple threat to, to 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 everybody else is that scale, simplicity, and speed. Yes, yeah, so and, and customer. once customers, what's that? Yeah, so, so we have a number of customers that start off with the the high performance, right? They came in AI ML, they came in scientific compute, they came in just crazy, you know, high performance. Nothing else can work for it. And then, like uh, about a month later, they're like, "Can we put our home directories on here?" can we run a couple of vms on there sure <laughs> but but you know it, it's it's and it doesn't that we don't have that noisy neighbor problem either which is a big differentiator for us right that that was one of the things that i ran into at our previous right. company right yeah good, yeah, good point it, it, that's the other thing too again before i joined weka and i i heard the marketing message change and that tagline um we make the we make the impossible possible. Man, I hated that when I was on the other side, and and now when I'm here, and I like I said, I see this. I'm like, yeah, I mean, that that's the reality. That's the reality. Yeah. Taking those those impossible things that you thought you couldn't get done, and 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 achieving those things. I think the other thing too that we're realizing that we or customers are realizing. You know, those those workloads, those next generation workloads, and I start looking at it, you know, kind of, I peel the onion back a little bit, start looking at the workflow. And, you know, mm-hmm. there's that workload, which is the, the, the big conglomeration. Then there's that workflow. That workflow is comprised of a number of different data pipelines. Those pipelines are sometimes, they're sequential, right? And sometimes they're in parallel, but they, they feed one another so you can get to the outcome and the desired result. And 
customers with a traditional, I hate using the word legacy, I'll just say old, um, storage solution, they're, they're not going to be able to achieve those outcomes as quickly as they would like because that data pipeline can't be processed through that old tier as quickly as it can on a data platform like, like Weka. And that's the other thing that's differentiated with Weka is Weka really looks at the the information you're being you're processing holistically. So Weka is a data platform and it helps customers to to get to that outcome much more quickly than they could with those older systems they have in in-house. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to step it, off the soapbox for a minute and let you guys talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually though, so what you're saying there like the the data platform aspect of it and and how we're enabling you know, significantly faster time to you know, a workflow finishing sort of thing. Um, and, and not just thinking of us as like a storage device or storage appliance or one, you know, factor in a, a long winding workflow that has, you know, innumerable steps sort of thing that actually kind of made it click for me a bit as to how we are actually a data platform. Because you think about like why in, in the past and like m most normal sort of workflows, you have your dedicated specialized storage for every step that you thought was like, this This is the challenging step. This is the one where I need to have the, the special specific thing that does exactly the right whatever. And because we're just so fast, it's maybe just the, the most succinct way I can say it. There's just so much overhead and available performance to your workloads not just from a, a pure horsepower or throughput level, but you know, being able to do the high throughput for your 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 data ingest, your data movement, your your moving things around, your large sequential jobs of I'm reading this into my GPU memory or into my huge memory buffer on my system, but then also being able to do the very small iterative steps. Okay, now I'm doing a bunch of checkpointing. Now I'm doing a bunch of very small reads, or now I'm now I'm validating that what I was reading on the metadata is accurate and correct, and I'm checking for any changes on stuff so I can update whatever I'm doing. We don't have to move anything around. There's no reason to move anything around because we're fast in all of those aspects and areas. So why would you bottleneck yourself in having, you know, a, a, a general storage that lives somewhere, then a specialized storage that's maybe a bit faster as one aspect that you then move data to so that your your compute cluster reads from and then copies locally because my local NVMe is faster than everything, right? And then have a bunch of different copies of disparate data everywhere that you have to reconsolidate back up, et cetera, right. et cetera. With Weka as a data platform, in that in that aspect, in that sort of thought cycle, it just works. Right. Yep. Yeah. That so that was the other thing. You know, we we talk about zero copy. And again, that sounds like a marketing buzzword, right? Buzz term. But that's the reality. You explained that. In, in what you just said, we don't have to make copies of data and move it around between tiers of storage. And the most important thing is we don't have to profile the data and have that profile of data be on a certain tier of storage because that happens to be faster for that certain profile. We handle the profiles. Whatever profile you want to throw it at Weka, we can we can handle that. And we can handle that at scale. We can handle that at a, at a performance tier that's going to deliver. And that's what a data platform is. And that's why looking at data pipelines and really what you're going to be, you know, outcoming uh, is, is really, really important when considering, you know, what, what do I need to replace these two or three different 
old storage tiers so that I can actually get my job done more, more quickly. Uh, you know, uh, media and entertainment, their, believe it or not, their workflow is very, very similar to what you see with um, you know, scientific analysis. And you're going to be ingesting a ton of data, right? True. And that ton of data yeah. is going to be processed through another sequencer. And then that sequencer is going to send that back and you're going to process it again. That's the same thing. When you think about dumping from a flash drive from a camera, you got dailies you're dumping. You need that. You want to go to post-production. Post-production then goes, it, that's the same kind of workflow. That's what I was talking about. The workflows start to look very similar where the right. workloads or the applications driving them are different. But if you look at also, like color correction so, and stuff, right? <laughs> so we were talking about, uh, yeah, the, 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 the speeds and the feeds and all that stuff. We talked about a lot about that, but there's also the, the, the breadth and the depth of what we can do. So like we have a customer who is genomics in England, right? They have, what is it now? 60 petabytes, 70 petabytes in a single cluster being, it, it's keeps growing. It was 40 a few months ago, but they have like a, I think it was five or six uh, yeah, it's just of yeah. flash, but the rest of it is all object store. And so now they can store on Weka cheaper than they could before on their previous configuration, which was being held together by twine and tape because it was falling apart. Uh, <laughs> but now they can have hundreds of researchers access the data and be able to keep more data and, and at a cheaper cost per genome than they were before. So it's not just performance, but it's also value. And it's also just huge amounts of storage. I mean, Josh and I have you know, Josh did a cluster that was two terabytes a second, right? And and for fun, we make clusters at, at 14 exabytes because we can do that. So, right? Uh, air quotes, 14 exabytes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it presents 14 exabytes. It presents, so it, it says it is. Yeah. It would consume <laughs> but, uh, that much if you could feed it that much. That's years, the ago, the I, years ago, I worked with the, uh, uh, I was at Ormond Street Children's Hospital in London. And one of the things that they, uh, this was, gosh, this is going back in two, to 2015, I think it was. One of the things that they said was, um, we, our plan, our strategy, and this is working with Genomics uh, England, I believe as well, uh, is we want to have the, the genomes for every child that comes through here. So that at some point in time, we'll be able to have research and analysis on diseases, on uh abnormalities, you know, anomalies. And what they were doing is they were taking the, the, the genome of the children who were sick and they were anonymizing that data and they were sending it off to the States. I think it was to Harvard medical to do some analysis and they would give a bunch of data, including room temperature, patient temperature, all that stuff so that they could send back recommendations and, and solutions. And this would take a long, long time to do this. Why? Because they were having to go through multiple tiers of storage based on the analyses of the, of the data and based on the profile of that data uh, that fit the right storage tier. But, you know, gosh, fast forward now, we're, at, we're seven years later, and it's good to hear that they're using that, you know, um, Genomics England is using Weka to be able to process this stuff so much more quickly. Yep. 
Yeah, and they have now almost every genome from everyone's visit NIH that's given it up, right? They have a huge database full uh, of anonymized genomes that they can use for research now, which is fantastic yeah. for medicine. That's uh, another one of our customers. Uh, it, they're they're fairly public. Twenty three and Me also uh, is oh, you know yeah. taking that and using it for research as well, right? They they they're doing it not only giving you back your ancestry, but they're also going and being able to look at uh, medical research and everything else by anonymizing that data and be able to use it for discovery. And research purposes. Yeah, I mean, one of the last companies I was working at, that was one of the, the the big push that they were going for was personalized healthcare, and and having you know the genomic sequencing and having all the their expertise in that area uh, on on that specific kind of research was was exactly what they were banking on and moving towards. And that was yeah. you know the entire engineering and and research org was was moving and pivoting that direction. You know, we so live that, we live in a point and click um, society. <laughs> we we are so used to getting information back by clicking on a link or, you know, just going to our favorite search engine. And I think that, you know, we have gotten to the point, even from the technology perspective where customers not knowing what's behind, behind the wall are feeling like they should have the information more quickly. And I think that's, that's, that's what Weka is really able to deliver is like with 23andMe, you think about that. I, I am a typical end user. I'm going to send my stuff back there. I want to get those results as quickly as possible. And so when you're using a data platform like like Weka, that can accelerate those results much more quickly than before. Well, what's even more important is uh, if you're a researcher with a new virus that's appeared out of nowhere and you want to be able to break down the genome very quickly and get to a, a you know something, that, that's a nice thing yeah. to have. I mean, we, uh, that, that, might are, be, that might be important too. <laughs> Yeah, our can't right now with the cancer research that's being funded by uh, by the yep. U.S. I mean, we can be able to find something there as well, right? There, it's a lot of genomes. It's a lot of different uh, crystalline entities that we're going to be looking at, right? We take the uh, the cells and we take the the molecules and we keep spinning around till we find something interesting, um, right? So, just want to t- talk to Cloud real quick. So, a couple of those guys that we're talking about, right? We got a bunch of uh, M- uh, what's it called um, media entertainment co- co- companies that are cloud only or cloud native that we've been working with at, at Weka and the genomics companies are moving their data in the cloud. We're even talking to, we've even got a couple of EDA companies that are running in the cloud as well. So it's very interesting to see that move. And I want to actually say that that company that we worked at 2008, right? They, uh, they saw the cloud as something emerging, but they, they focused on enterprise and there were companies that they never saw because those companies were already in the cloud or been born in the cloud and never talked to them. And those are the guys that WEC has discovered, right? We're talking to a lot of companies that I didn't know existed, never heard of them before. And I mean, I've been working on the West Coast doing sales for a long time, uh, <laughs> but uh, I've never seen these guys or never heard of them, but they're large companies that are cloud native. And it's kind of, and they're really happy to see that there's finally a storage platform that can live where they live and give yeah. them the performance that they, they can't ever get out of anything in the cloud. Yeah, and even the the one you mentioned before, twenty uh, three and Me, that that's all on AWS, isn't it? Yep, one hundred percent. Yeah. So and Josh um, has done a lot of work in OCI, and then Alex is another one of our good OCI. buddies. Has been a lot of work in Google, and uh, we got uh, the other one, the blue one, coming along soon. So that's right. <laughs> yeah, the blue one's coming along soon. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's it's that's what's. So interesting, you know, back, I say, hate saying this too, back in the day, but back in the day, you know, 
you would look at organizations that are, you know, they got, oh, I'm not going to go and call on this company. There's only 30 people. Well, yeah. that 30 person organization happened to be a law firm. The amount of data that law firm manages was just phenomenal. And if you think about what that looked like back then, and yeah. now you're looking at, like you mentioned, Bob, these, these companies that we never heard of, they might be small companies, maybe under a hundred people, but there's petabytes and petabytes and petabytes of data that they have generated because their customer base is global because of the cloud. Well, there's two companies, uh, two types of companies that I ran into. I never believed, uh, uh, could have imagined how much data they had and how small that data footprint what, uh, pieces were is the title companies and insurance companies because they have to have a digital copy of the paper with a signature on it of every single thing they do. It was fascinating that the, the, the one of the insurance companies had a nightly job that would take the directory of files that they created that day and zip it because they couldn't access their file system if they didn't zip it the night before. It was nuts. My, my mom, my mom was in insurance for as as long as I remember, since I was four years old. And I remember going to her office, uh, in the, you know, the seventies and (laughs) seeing these rooms that just were dedicated to paper files. And there were these, these filing cabinets were, were so cool because it was an entire room, but you pulled up a wall and a wall yeah. would come out and there's all these, I'm like, holy cow. I go, mom, why do you need all these files? And she says, well, in the insurance industry, you need to have, and she went through the whole thing, what you have to retain. And that's still true today. So, yeah. you know, it, I, I don't, it's not that they're, they're antiquated. It's, it's just law and it's yeah. governance. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's a, I think that's an interesting play that we should take a look at. Those customers would be interesting to talk to since simply they have billions and billions and billions of files. And there's I don't think there's another file system on the planet that can access files or work with them as well as we can. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Especially okay. that scale. What's the number, Josh? How many files per file system? 6.4 trillion. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Weka. <laughs> I, I haven't heard that one yet. I, I think I've heard lots, but not yeah. a trillion. That's awesome. I mean, that's, yeah. uh, effectively, it's the same thing. Yeah. How many files do you need? Lots. <laughs> that, yeah. 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 Oh, you need yeah. more than that? Just second that? file system. It's fine. <laughs> right. Exactly. If you yeah. need more than that, we got to talk. <laughs> yeah. Please let us know if you need more than that. We're more than happy yeah. to make it more than that. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we'll open the floor to you. Is there anything you want to ask us or anything you want to discuss that's uh, on your mind? Well, you, you guys have been here. You guys have been here. Uh, oh, play a song? <laughs> you know, and I, and I, it's so funny. That's fine. The only, no, the only guitars I have hang on the wall over here, I have three guitars. Usually I have about nine guitars in the studio, <laughs> but I'm, I'm about ready to move down my, my brand new studio console desk. And so this whole room was cleared out over the weekend. So I don't. There's no music happening in this in this office studio uh, until until next week. Well, send us a picture of your console the desk when you get it up. Yes, send us a picture when you send us a picture of the desk when you get it set up. We want to see this because uh, you know uh, my setup is a oh, USB port, right? I'd like to have a little more fancy, but uh, with XLR. Oh, I, I will. Else. I'll, I'll send it to you. I got a 48 inch monitor that's going to go dead center. I've got these two 27 inches that'll go on either side. And uh, I had a change to LED floods in here because I knew the warmth level would go up exponentially once I moved everything down here. 
<laughs> the, my whole town kind of dims when I turn everything on. <laughs> my, my two 27 inch monitors, you know, basically light my face all day long. So it's, uh, it, it gets warm in here with just those two. <laughs> uh, exactly. It's happening right now. But, um, so question for you guys, um, so you've been here longer than me. Um, kind of give me some of your aha moments that you've gone through when you join Weka, And then I know that there's, uh, there's going to be continuing aha moments for me throughout my career here, but tell me about some of those times that, uh, you know, after you've kind of been here for a while, you're like, oh, wow, I didn't know that. So for me, it was a big change that happened between, I think it was 3.5 and 3.6 of our software, right? They, they went from a single hop, a multi-hop read to a single hop read, which made a huge difference in our performance. I had a customer that we could only get on a 10-node cluster to 60 gigabytes a second. We changed, I mean, only, but we only. changed that one thing and upgraded their software. And all of a sudden, they were getting 100 gigabytes a second on the exact same hardware. I was like, wow, they really can do a lot in software. And it was truly the aggregate performance of what the cluster could give, right? It wasn't some random number that we're pulling out of our butts, right? It wasn't something that we're making up. It wasn't, we weren't, didn't have a huge amount of overhead. We, you know, we've got our, our performance guy who does tests and we can basically give 80%, almost 90% of the performance of the slowest component on a box. So if the slowest component is the network, that's, that's going to be our limitation, wow. right? So that's pretty. That's a pretty efficient piece of software, and that kind of blew me away. And then I think the next one was the one I learned about multi-containers <laughs> and uh, the 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 ratio of drive cores to compute cores, and how I could play with IOPS. So I can actually make the system on the same footprint deliver almost twice as many IOPS by playing with the number of cores I allocate to compute, uh, which wow. just kind of blew me away. Again, same footprint, nothing changed, just a little different configuration, and I can get a lot more throughput on the box. So. It just, it, it's wild. Uh, it, it does what it says it's going to do, and it, it does it better than I can imagine. And Josh, you know, you, you've had some wild ones. That's, I mean, that is kind of the just the, the wild thing about it. And like my, my favorite thing, and I know we've, we've talked about it a handful of times here on the podcast already, but that that OCI cluster of like that, that number I produced or that number that the cluster produced, that two terabyte per second read, one terabyte per second write, that was after I had been trying to run IO500 on that thing for a couple of weeks. And IO500 is it's a challenging oh. benchmark to get to get right, to really get deployed in there, to get everything just just so. It's a little persnickety. Maybe understand the MPIs it, it, alone. Yeah. Understand oh, yeah, the yeah. MPI and understand MPI. Well. Yeah. And it was the first time I had ever run IO500 before. I mean, I was, you know, Alex was helping me and all that sort of thing. Bob, you're helping me as well, getting everything up and running. And I was just like, I was like, why is my, why are we not seeing the number that I'm expecting to see from IO500? Let me just, let me just run our normal FIO tests. You know, what would be, you would consider like your four corners smoke test. Like, you know, we're not trying to do anything too crazy. We're just running our standard out of, out of the box benchmarks. And that's where that two terabyte came from. It's like, Oh, well, I guess it's running. Okay. Uh, and this is only, you know, granted it was, it was 373 systems. Each of them was connected to a single hundred gig port, but all of those systems only had a single NVMe. Right. So wow. if you think about it from a, from a matter of two terabyte per second from 373 NVMe disks or NVMe drives, it's not bad. Wow. It's not bad at all. Bad. Like each one of those is doing like six gigabyte per second. We were just working with a partner who had gave us like whatever hardware he had sitting around to run IO 500 on. And we did the, uh, it was, it was a very small cluster. Was it five nodes or six nodes? It was six node cluster, right? It was right? six nodes. Yeah. Yeah, so it's even like you know our bare minimum that we can we can go to market with, right? And then uh, they give us ten clients, and 
you know, we just play with it a little bit and we, we are now, you know, if he wants to publish it, we'd be 10th place on the IO 500, uh, 10 note challenge. And that's the really fun thing about the 10 note challenge is that the idea is that you're limiting yourself on the compute. You're, you yeah. only can do 10, 10 notes. That's it. The, how much backend storage you throw at it is not really tracked or monitored. I think the intent is that this is supposed to be a small environment. You're supposed to be like cost effective and et cetera, et cetera. We weren't even one-to-one server like backend servers, the clients. And it still could be, if he chooses to upload that number, number 10 on the list with, wow. with oversubscribed clients to backends. Yeah. Like so a yeah, lot of those other ones, it'll be, you know, a million dollars plus worth of backend hardware to, right. to satisfy 10 clients and produce, you know, an amazing looking number. But here yeah. we are with, you know, six <laughs> of them. And yeah, hey, well, get, it's not bad. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, I think the bomb on that would be about 250k, maybe 300k. <laughs> oh <God>. Maybe yeah. <laughs> at least, yeah. <laughs> Something like that. So yeah, it's those just are the wild, right? It, we can we can basically eke out whatever we really want as long as you know so we have the time to play with it a little bit, right? It, it's not like there's a lot of there's not a lot of knobs to twist. Right. The only knobs we have to twist is the cores that we allocate and the way we lay things out. That's it. So if mm-hmm. I get eight nodes with 28 cores and I have eight drives, I have a pretty good idea of how I'm going to lay everything out. Right. And then if I get a couple of clients and I can go, all right, well, how much throughput do you want to this client? Let's give you one core. Is that enough? No, you want another one? Oh, Let's add another two core. Cores. And what, what the nice thing is, we're honest about how much resources we take on a client compared to uh, you know the, the NFS where we've worked with for years. NFS doesn't tell you how many how much resources it's taking. It'll take whatever it wants. And it often takes more than two, three, four cores to even achieve less performance than what we're getting. And we right. say, we are limited to two. We, we're going to take two gigs of memory, and that's it. That's all we need on your system to be able to give you that kind of performance. So that, that's a nice yeah, perhaps that's my, ahas. Yeah, maybe my biggest aha is it's kind of what Bob's alluding to here is that we can, e- even in a non-optimal server setup, where things are kind of that's a little weird. That's that's not optimal. That's eh, whatever. Um, we'll we'll take that. We'll produce a, a really surprising result from that cluster. And maybe a you know good succinct way of saying it is to like kind of draw it back to a you know kind of saying you have in in brewing. Like you know try something out. What's the worst that can happen? You've made a beer. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> it's like same thing with with you know supportable supported hardware we have. Like throw it together. See what what's the worst that's going to happen. You're going to have a pretty fast little file system right there. Is it, and, is it optimized? Is it the Ferrari and sleek and perfect and exactly done and it's going to go out on the F1 track and be amazing? Well, you know, maybe not, but it's still going to be fast. You know, we, we, uh, we actually are our hardest critics. So sometimes we get something that's, that's doing true. like 80, 80 gigabytes a second. We're like, I know this could do 95. Like, come I on. We can't. Come on. <laughs> too true. <laughs> So, we, we, like uh, in fact, they had that yesterday. I, I was running Weka Tester, and I, I think the uh, the network was not perfect, and so Weka Tester was giving me one answer, and uh, then I just went ahead and did it all by hand, and we actually ended up getting the number we expected to see on the on the system. So I was like, "Oh, thank God!" So I was like, Is "Something <laughs> broken? Is the network busted? Did I mess up something?" But no, no, it's just uh, Weka Tester was having trouble. So, yep. cool. Here all right, go. well, uh, we're, uh, we're we've had a great conversation. It's been forty some yeah. odd minutes, so you know this is one of our longer conversations. Thank you, Dave. Absolutely. Hey, anytime. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, so, uh, well, for yeah, cluster well, conversations, yeah. I'm Josh. And I'm Bob. Thanks for coming. Take care. Talk to you next time.